episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Hello, Holland. I would like to report a robbery. Yes, Kedem and Oz was robbed of her rightful spot in the finale of Drag Race Holland 2. Yes, I believe the criminal you're looking for goes by the name Fred Van Leer. In the words of Freddie Mercury, don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time finding out why this motherfucker did what he did. In a world where cheating is the new winning, the final four played cops and killers while phone gate seemed to never exist just an episode later joining me to solve why this crime happened is the fabulous people watcher and tv watcher with lots to say about both nehemiah hello hello uh you are quite the wordsmith friend that was cute i am thanks i am passionate about this robbery that happened i um for for those who will see the picture later um the, the background that i have chosen is the the homage that the editors decided to put in with Keta's like collar with the other three in the background yes we're paying tribute to Keta, who should still be there uh yeah i mean i definitely kind of agree with you tbh like, I don't think that, especially after last week's episode or the week prior to with the cell phone debacle and all that. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't know what they were thinking. And I, I, I'm hopeful maybe next week, um, if my guest is my guest next week, I can get some more answers because she knows the Queens. So mm-hmm. maybe she'll be able to give me a little more information on this. But I just... We'll talk about it. But my opinion was if you weren't going to eliminate Vivaldi for the for cheating, mm-hmm. you put her in the bottom every single time. And she has to not only be better than the queen uh, yeah. against her, she has to be better than Tatiana and Alyssa Edwards combined in that lip sync. It's got to be the greatest lip sync in the history of drag race. It was she not. has to give Silky a run for her money. Silky 16 yeah. <laughs> lip syncs versus right. Vivaldi's one. So I, I'm, I'm very amped up. I have a lot to say about this. Nothing against Vivaldi. I think she is very talented, but cheating is a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa told us. She let us know from the jump. So that's, that's all I'm going to say right now. Let's, <laughs> let's dive in because it's after the el- elimination and Tabita, Tabita, Tabita. They love her as she was such a presence and energy. Kenneth says she was the mother, the maker of jokes, the teddy bear. Are we getting set up for something? Um, and in what way? Because it it would be a gag if they had, well, if they took into consideration some of the opinions of the other queens that were eliminated. Because Tabitha could be. She oh, could she be. sure could be. Because from what I've heard, the translations on the subtitles are not, not always accurate and 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 how the Dutch talk to each other is very more direct. So while we are taken aback by that first episode, apparently no one else was. Mm, that tracks. I mean, I feel like also Tabitha just represents so much of the kind of old school style of drag, just about a queen being mm-hmm. in the world. And yeah. she is she carries such poise, but also at the same time, knows that what is gifted to her does not mean that someone else sucks, doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't enough space for both of them to shine. I just hate exactly. that. She went home, I think, actually too early. I do think that she should have stayed. All right. Well, we'll, we'll discuss what I'm alluding to later. Mm-hmm. But Vivaldi is super sad to see the drunk aunt of the group go home. <laughs> It'll leave an empty space that she caused. Within a very short time span, Vanessa preaches that she saw something special today. Vivaldi looked in her eyes and said she's sorry. As the sage Vanessa says, Vivaldi learned something that's for life. What is happening? Where did this sudden flip occur? Just hours earlier, you were leading the way for her to be disqualified. Listen, if the words I'm sorry solved things so easily... I don't think Ghost Boy would be ghosting me anymore. There are consequences. <laughs> so listen, 
what 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 did I miss? What happened? Is this all for television? Honestly, maybe not all for television, but definitely reflects on Vanessa's, you know, journey as a pageant queen or as someone that's involved in that world. It, it's about this competition. At the end of the yeah. day, it's about this competition. You get an episode, fantastic, but the train continues to move. So either move along with it or get stuck on this one conflict that honestly was inconsequential at the end of the day and keep it right. pushing. Yeah. Well, Vivaldi, Vivaldi says she didn't intend to hurt Vanessa. It was an all-time low for Vanessa to have that argument, but now they're heading into the final hand in hand. Mm. Did this episode get spoiled in the first two minutes? Is this exactly what just happened? Because she just said they're walking hand in hand to the final. Editors, you fucked that one up. You messed that <laughs> one up. Anyway, how is Pony feeling? Hatred because Keta now has three badges. And add Vanessa's hatred in because she calls Keta's dress a $9.99 dress with chicken feathers. And Vanessa decides to cluck like a chicken on the ground and then reveals that not, not only is the price tag still on Keta's shoes, but it was $29.99. Drag is expensive, um, but those shoes are as cheap as Vanessa's face, according to Keta. Listen, as long as they're able to have fun, but how did she get away getting on the runway with a tag on her shoe? The way that they are filming some of these uh, overseas franchises is very, very fascinating because everything that I'm seeing from the lip syncs to some of the mini challenges, I don't think would quite fly in the U.S. Drag Race show. And yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to know the backstory behind that because yeah, that should have been clocked or someone yeah. should have helped at the very least. Well, you would think whoever was helping her pack to get ready for the show would have clocked it before she walked out of the house to get into the Uber to get to the set. I mean, who says they didn't? Ooh, conspiracy. I love it. I love so. it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Well, it is a new day. The top four enter as a new girl group called Maid is formed. It's made up of cheating girl, drama girl, cheap girl, and housewife, which I'm sure is funnier in Dutch. <laughs> um, and then if you could notice, they were all like kind of like la la lying to um, Spice Girls, but it kind of wasn't because maybe copyrights and or they just can't be in tune. I don't know. Either one. Happy 25 years to Spice Girls. <laughs> Yes. I mean, honestly, while I thought the opening bit was cute, it makes me wonder how much time did y'all spend on that that could have been spent doing other things? Exactly. Things that actually count towards the win? Exactly. Well, Keta says she has three badges and she is not worried. Usually in Drag Race, when you hear a queen say that, not usually something to be fearful of. On Survivor, the alarms will blare immediately and that bitch is going home. Well, thank you to the editors for fucking this one up tonight. But <laughs> Anything can happen, as Vanessa says. You've gotten this far, you won't stay. It's now or never. You got to bring your A game. It's time for room mail and the entrance of Fred back in a basic denim jacket. Well, I guess this one was more suede, but Fred is greeted by the queen spelling his name. Again, I love the coordination, but can we be a little more inventive? Exactly. Also, like, no tea, no shade. That could have been two hours of sleep that could have gone to the actual competition. <laughs> Exactly. That, like the whole cow talking to Fred is mm, sure. Yeah. Well, Fred asks if all is good. No phones, jokes. We got jokes over cheating, but more on that later. Mm -hmm. We have a mini challenge because he prefaces as asking them if they've ever dreamed about winning an Oscar, a Tony, or as the subtitles say, a golden calf. No, Google Translate fail. No, 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 no. I, I had to pause it. I had to stop and be like, oh my God, how much am I reading is wrong this entire season? Golden Calf? Mm -hmm. Or is that an award mm -hmm. we don't know about? I had no idea because at one point I was like, like honestly with Drag Race Holland, every time they mention something that sounds like Dutch, I'm like, yeah, Dachan. <laughs> I just kind exactly. of keep it pushing. <laughs> well, regardless, today's the day that they are going to be accepting an award. Um, my award is that we get another sexy pit crew member because look at that man come out, but damn, they yeah. will be winning the mismatch award for this challenge. They will be accepting an award as one of the other Queens. And I'm going to say this now, this was an actual upgrade from the puppet challenge. Yeah. I really like this. Yeah. So let's keep doing it. I am here for it. Whether it's Absolutely. fate or how things work, 
Keta will get Vanessa, Vanessa gets Vivaldi, Puni gets Keta, and Vivaldi gets Puni. They have 20 minutes to get into quick drag of their counterpart as well as think about their speech. I'm sorry, that's not 20 minutes. Those faces were far too pretty to be 20 minutes. That part, not just the faces, but also just getting into the character, especially for someone like Puni, who it's so interesting how she summons the energy to do what she does when the cameras are rolling, but then in the confessionals, Mama is just yeah. as plain, low energy as possible. So it yeah. had to be more than 20 minutes. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's start. Puni is up first as Keta. Uh, she's going for cheap, a bit vulgar, and cheap AliExpress clothes, which I guess AliExpress is the ASOS of the Netherlands drag scene. <laughs> Fred presents her with a fucking dildo. Um, it's a choice, but I guess they're a lot more vulgar than we are. Puni, who is wearing Keta's black dress from last week with her entrance look wig, can barely make it over as she waddles by. Um, that was funny. She's also a lot shorter than I thought she was. Actually, yeah, honestly, because the thing that I was looking at was one, how she kind of embodied basically the loading screen of a, of a fighting game. So the way yeah. she sort of kept moving like Keta, and I was like, okay, a little yeah. Bavalvo, or not Bavalvo, what is his name? Oh my God. Uh... There's a character I'm thinking of that is part, it'll come back to me, but either way, we'll she's moving like them. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting, but like all the time that she looked watching Ketamine to move like her, I would hope that she would, you know, spend trying to nail down some of the things that would go into the award, which is honestly the yeah. longest reading that I've ever heard. <laughs> exactly. Well, Pony as Keta has won the cheap ass whore oldest prize. She starts with a cackle like an insane witch. She thanks for her prize, AliExpress, because she wore two AliExpress dresses last week. At least it's not H&M. Um, her <laughs> strategy was to show her ass in the first episode to ensure she wins three badges. As Keta says in Confessional, she's just jealous because she needs Botox in her droopy ass. I love their relationship. I, I know we really haven't had um, exes on the show before, but I kind of want more because they're civil with each other and they know each other well and they give us good content about each other. So I'm here for it. Give me more connections. Well, I will say this. They say that Sister Dick will make you sick, but it makes for great television. It makes for excellent television. All right. Vivaldi as My Little Pony is next. She apologizes for being late, which is apparently a big trait of ponies that we just don't get to see. <laughs> She's got on a purple wig with buns and a weed suit jacket and teal. Have we seen either of those this season? I'm not really getting Poonie out of the look that she created. Neither am I, but I also think that because Vivaldi really can't just disappear into another person or character, mm -hmm. both physically and I think also conceptually, she's very unique, which is what the judges, you know, stay talking about, especially yeah. this episode during the critique. So I wasn't getting quite Poonie. I was more getting Vivaldi and something else. Yeah. She has won the Miss Never on Time Award. She thanks the viewers, pigeons, punanis, and everything up, down, and in between. She <laughs> thanks her four nipples, without whom this couldn't have happened. So in confessional, Puni reveals that she has two birthmarks under her nipples that look like extra nips. I say prove it and take it off. <laughs> yes, maybe that'll be a, a, a Wow Presents Plus content. There it is. The show. But it makes me laugh because she sort of like shrugs it off as if it's unimaginative. But mama, at the same time, you were just talking about how it took you forever in a day to come up with what? Cheap ass horror. <laughs> exactly. Well, she thanks her wonky padding, Carlo, even though she doesn't agree with what he says. Great. Good job, Vivaldi. Meh. It's now <laughs> Vanessa's, Vanessa's time to show Fred she's funny as Vivaldi wearing the knit look. She slowly walks over in a mopey mood to accept the crime award award. She talks very slowly and unaffected. She thanks the viewers and then rubs her boobs. She says she's a very honest girl. She says she had to memorize their speech and say it by heart. So Vanessa, as Vivaldi, always plays by the rules, takes out a piece of paper with a speech on it. Thank you. And you can all kiss my ass. <laughs> Funny. Like, she has practiced this. She has been in that mirror, like, yelling at Vivaldi via herself because she's so frustrated because of what the show's done to her. Vanessa surprised me. That was really well done. Absolutely. And I feel like I'm happy that she was third because it felt like overall it was kind of an, well, I guess the mini challenge overall felt like an interesting arc where you had kind of two bookends who weren't that interesting, 
but then you had, you know, Vivaldi. Okay. But then Vanessa as that like apex of the arc was everything that I needed to not completely write off. Frankly, a very interesting mini challenge whose execution yeah. was questionable. Exactly. Finally, we have Keta as Vanessa and it's a pageant gown that once again, I don't see Vanessa in, but this <laughs> award is best drama queen in this play. Keta goes very overly affected and big as Vanessa. She's so happy and so moved. She can't really act, but she can make drama tea. Yeah. Same sis. I can too. Anyway, she's proud. And then Keta farts because apparently Vanessa has a bad gas problem. She wants to thank everyone. And Vivaldi, you're a mean bitch. Die, you bitch. You creep. You're the devil. <laughs> that part was funny. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the farting issue um otherwise i again didn't see vanessa in this it's so interesting because not only They're do both I, the actors of the group every time they kept saying that someone had experience i mean sure great i'm no they I've literally been, have a theater the two of them literally have a theater company i know it makes me laugh so hard because i really didn't get much of that but what i found even more interesting than that was actually how Keta kind of gave me a little bit of Raja as Tyra Banks and the uh, season two yeah. snap game. Yeah. It's like yeah. both part pretty, part insane, like never too out of pocket. And so I found that interesting enough, even though her sort of embodiment of Vanessa wasn't quite there. Well, Fred has decided the winner of the mini challenge is Vanessa as Vivaldi. She knew it. She wins a crown that will probably give her a rash from the nickel, but that is irrelevant. <laughs> For the Maxi challenge, they are going to get their detective on in the murder mystery drama. If the shoe kills, Vanessa as the winner of the mini challenge will get to assign the roles. A lot of acting challenges this season. Yes. Yes. Which Why? Mm, maybe... I personally think that it's actually for the viewers at home for them mm -hmm. because it is really hard to watch that if you don't speak Dutch uh, and even yeah. harder if you're like someone like me who has ADHD. So like my, my brain isn't there kind of going cross-eyed trying to read the subtitles and <laughs> also track yeah. the action. So I'm just happy they at least said it was a rehearsal. So right. <laughs> to temper yeah it, it was it was definitely an interesting choice um like it felt very much like season seven where you have all these fashion queens doing acting and you're like that's not working so uh, it was almost by choice but vanessa hands out the scripts to start looking over the parts she is not a fan of detective series but <laughs> this is what they have to do are you a fan of cop procedurals or, or thrillers or detective series Kind of, sort of. I mean, I grew up with a mother who loved Law and Order, so I'm sort of used to that mm -hmm. format. But this one was super interesting because it didn't take itself too seriously. It was camp. Though there were times where I'm like, I don't want you to take yourself seriously, but the question of clarity and legibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoy them, but I feel like in the age of binge watching, I've become more in to watch them like come on Maravie's town that show was mm -hmm. fire mm -hmm. like again the problem with those shows is once you start it if you start at like midnight then you're it's five o'clock in the morning you're like well fuck but <laughs> you still don't know who the killer is but i love binge worthy tv and I, I i was here for this um i again i'm not sure if there was a cultural reference that they were basing this off of if there is a um cop show in the netherlands that this was a relation to but it was an interesting choice. Um, so the role, first role is De Kock, um, not the C-O-C-K. Vivaldi tells us that De Kock is from Boncher, which is a police crime drama. So at least a character is lifted from that. Yes. Um, this is a very special Boncher with drag queens. Um, this character is dominant, egocentric, slightly mean, and indifferent and an indifferent police detective. Vivaldi would love this part as she's playing whores all season, aka women with huge breasts. <laughs> will she show off the breasts again? We'll find out. <laughs> Vanessa slams her hand down like she is Fred Van Leer as she has made her decision. Vivaldi will be the detective. Vanessa will be the slut. Pony will be the stupid one, which she's unsure why is typecasting. And Keta will be the bitch. On paper, smart moves because it does allow everyone to either do what they do well or try something different so but again there's only four of them so the, the choices were very limited i don't know 
I feel like there was one moment where uh, when Vivaldi said that she, not Vivaldi, I think it might have been uh, Puni who was talking about it being typecasting. I want it, and Keta to some degree as well. I actually kind of want them to do what some of these recent seasons of uh, US Drag Race are doing uh, in that audition for it. I would love to see oh, yeah. them, like take two seconds or, you know, 10 or however they're allotted to kind of try out on different roles. I mean, at the very yeah. least, the audience will get a laugh and then also maybe the queen will get something that is kind of unsurprising for her. Yeah, I mean, we we did kind of get that with the Rusical um, when some of the queens auditioned for uh, the wolf and you're like, yes. no, please don't rap anymore, Countess. That's not cute. Uh, it was very much like Rita Wilson rapping the other night, which was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Very, very, very uncomfortable. I mean, if if RuPaul were to say that someone were not to have soul, I feel like that one <laughs> is a prime example. Well, they're all getting into their costume, which features sexy detective and showgirls wearing the same exact terrible riot pride rainbow fringe outfit. Choices or discounts? You decide. <laughs> it is time to step on set and film a comedic police procedural. Fred introduces the queens to Tina Dembruin, a funny actress. I did not find much beyond being an actress for her, but Wikipedia for the Dutch is not as bold as we have it here. But she tells them they have to have their shit together, but what it will come down to is timing. Timing needs to be spot on. I agree. Finally, someone's telling drag queens what they need to do. Timing! Time Comedy's all in the timing. Mm -hmm. Fred has one more surprise. It's very Dodson. A hunk of a man. He will be taking a part in the show as well. Um, he was very pretty to look at. Um, again, didn't find too much on him, but I did try to search for um, if he's gay or not. And I think he is, but I couldn't tell. I was going to say, while you might not be able to find any movies that he's been in, I would be interested in other content by him, possibly. Yeah, yes. Um, there, he does have an Instagram. He's very pretty. So that's <laughs> Y'all can go explore from there, but it is time to film If the Shoe Kills. And what I appreciated about this is they didn't do it in story order, so it was very confusing, but yes. then it made the actual viewing of it worthwhile. I think so. Oh. Oh, okay. I don't, know. I don't know. I will say on first watch, I would not agree with you. So when I first okay. watched it, I was like... I, I, you know, what? I, I think I, this is based on my second watch also, because I watched it like six in the morning while I, after I just woke up and I was like, I'm not getting <laughs> spoiled. Um, so yeah, you, you may be right. Very true. I mean, we have all done that. I mean, especially if you had to watch uh, Drag Race season, All-Star season six on Paramount Plus, you're either oh, used to boy. staying up or getting up early so you don't get spoiled. Uh, but it I was, just, up. it felt so disjointed. And at first yeah. I'm like, that's a lot to ask, especially if this is not in your native language. Uh, so maybe that's yeah. just my own linguistic. Well, I language. think what the theory that I've now discovered is I think World of Wonder doesn't give a shit. Mm -mm. They're like, it's for the, the home nation and everyone else can watch also. That's why I'm in the position I am having to cover all of these at once <laughs> when they're like, no, no, you can watch that later. No, are you kidding me? No, well, we, we have to know it all at all times. Otherwise, it's not fun to watch later because you get spoiled. That's true. Well, the first scene they film starts off with Keta dead on the ground and Puni screaming at a level 10. Tina tells her to give her more of a flip when she sees the body. Puni knows that she can have fun with the character and is feeling the direction, which, yeah, let's go with it. Tina tells Keta to amp it up with tempo because she's faltering and it works. Then Vivaldi barely gets any words out before Tina stops her so she can have more variation on her delivery. Yes, Vivaldi, this is what we call acting. Give them highs, give them lows, give them variety. But they all happen to love Vivaldi's satanic acting. And guess what? She may not be playing a bimbo, but once again, those tits are on. Those tits are definitely becoming a trademark for her in the same way that they are kind of a pseudo trademark for Jimbo. Yeah. I kind of love because on first read, her drag can be perceived as like, either can lend itself to be too serious for some people or possibly mm -hmm. almost like too conceptual. So the tits, I think, create oddly enough a grounded effect for her drag, at least yeah. for me watching it. Yeah. 
We're in another scene and it's Vanessa turn to get some direction. Vanessa is having difficulty focusing on what camera to use as well as focusing on the actors. Oh, and lines. Those are hard too. The struggle <laughs> once again. Where Vanessa will succeed is when she gets to be naughty with Fairy. As Poonie puts it, they've all been dry for three weeks and she is taking advantage of the situation. Now, let's be honest. Stevie was there. Her lover was there. She had some time. We know that they probably got to do it in the hotel room. Let's be honest. But I mean, I don't know the nature of their relationship. Maybe they are open, but if she had a free pass to get down on ferry, girl, take it. Absolutely. Uh, Cause honestly, speaking of free passes, I would take that free pass to see that content any day. I'm not trying to pay yep. for the uh, only fans, but you know, fairy is nice to look at. Seems like a very stable top. Yes. So mm-hmm. might be kind of cute to watch. Yep. Kata says that she knows that the slut part makes out with Fairy. She would have preferred it, but it's a missed opportunity. We're in the next scene. It's a downright cat fight with Kata and Vanessa. Their stage um, fight is much to be desired. You think the queens with theatrical experience would know how to, you know, do it. But Tina instructs them the proper way to fight on stage where one the one being attacked is in full control with the hand on the hair. Fake it, bitches. That's all you gotta do. I, completely- I know I'm very biased because I have a theater background. I've done all this. I've directed all of this. So I understand. But if you, if you don't have that experience, it, it, you could just think like, yeah, I'm just going to rip his hair off. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Please. Exactly. And I feel like Vanessa in that moment was like, yeah, she's not touching this hair. <laughs> we can no, I mean, away. listen, I don't know why we haven't had a, like a real housewives um acting challenge on drag race yet but mm-hmm. i just want someone to whip their someone's weave off and just go full like ham on it that's what we need absolutely real, well, real housewives of Rueville. oh my god never a housewives of Rueville. <laughs> i'm here for it fred asked fairy if the queens were fairy fairy good <laughs> he said he was breaking out in sweat and loves overacting to the extreme come on over fairy you can overact with me anytime you want Fred is about to depart and reminds them that this challenge is very important for the runway. Now, remember this. He alluded to this earlier as well. Mm -hmm. We'll see if he changes his tune later. Spoiler, (laughs) he will. Oh, he will. It is elimination day. And Keta said that yesterday felt really good. And today they're going to rock the runway. Editors, why are you doing this to us? She (laughs) should not be made to look like a fool. Justice for Keta Minaj. I agree, but I think you and I both have seen a lot of drag race to the point where we know when those moments happen, they are like on an active campaign to get you to see what they want you to see. They want you to see every element of her faulting to where when they make that illogical decision that it was somehow justified. Right. I mean, but I mean, maybe it's just me, but it makes me hate Vivaldi so much more. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, Puni says that Keta already has three badges, so she doesn't have to worry. She, Vanessa, and Vivaldi only have one, so it's down to them to get another. Again, why are the editors doing this to us? For sympathy? I don't know. I'm Damn, it was cold. It was just icy in there. I will also say, though, at the same time, and maybe it's because I have trust issues, I am not going to listen to someone sort of beef up my head as I'm like steps away, seconds away from the crown. Like, thank you so much for the compliment, but I'm not going to rest on my laurels. Hello, yeah. I'll bring it on. To what? For what purpose? Yeah. You're so close. Kata asked Vanessa how she did impersonating her and she gave her a six out of 10. Rude. Vanessa <laughs> really wonders if that's what she's like. And they all say yes. Why the farting joke? They all point to Vanessa as the biggest farter there. She is sugeth. Don't be ashamed. It's her airtime, literally. <laughs> I mean, yes, they're all together in that workroom. I am sure that they don't really get, you know, bathroom breaks. Um, so they're probably like holding things in until like they have like a cut on time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect Vanessa to be the biggest farter. She's just so beautiful and regal. And you're like, no, she doesn't fart. Never. But I think that gives her so much personality because, I mean, let's be honest, no one really likes a pretty bitch. No, so. <laughs> she got a flaw. She farts. She's just like us. <laughs> what are they going to tell us next? She poops? 
Exactly. Although I can imagine in that workroom or any workroom, farting is probably the least of everyone's worries, uh, <laughs> smell wise. So if that's right. all they're focusing on. Listen, you, you know what? Drag queens may be beautiful, but stinky they are. Friends, Those tights. Yeah. <laughs> Those tights. Put six bitches in a uh, dressing room and you are going to have to air it out for a month. Even if the walls aren't real. Exactly. <laughs> All right. It is runway time. Fred walks out wearing a red overcoat dress with dark hair and Envy Peru's face once again. <laughs> Your words, not mine, friend, but uh, yeah. We, we've established color. You have to put color on Fred's face so it then becomes Fred, not Envy. Yeah. Maybe Envy is just very good at painting Envy. Could you imagine? Or, or he just wants to be Envy. That Envy could also be playing the long game of trying to become the host of the show. Why have an Envy lookalike when you could have Envy? Yeah, we're going to get to that. <laughs> um, on this panel this week, we have the winner, winner of Sound Mix Show at the age of 16, represented the Netherlands in Eurovision in 2005, and appeared on the 13th season of America's Got Talent. It's Glennis Grace. I did not know who she was, but apparently we should have known who she was. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm fine staying in the dark. Yeah. I, I, I was never really an America's Got Talent fan, but apparently she made it just to the week before the finals, the semifinals. So she never, she didn't get the big moment. Okay. Um, but she, she's very, very talented. Um, joining her is actress Tina DeBruin, as well as Marika Samolo. I found this interesting because I was told that we had the rotation of uh, Robin and Carlo all season. Neither of them showed up. That's all I'm saying. And I do recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it was a joke, maybe a throwaway line, but there was there were words spoken about her being there for only a few episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. And a few was looking like the top four. Yeah. So, yeah. so whatever. It, it was nice to not have either of them, but they'll be back next week. Yeah. We're going to do things a little backwards. We'll talk about if the shoe fits, and then we will go to the runway. How's that sound? That works for me. In fact, I think that was the order I was expecting. From Perfect. The- it's like you listen to the podcast before. You know how I do shit. <laughs> All right. If the show starts with uh, the show starts with Pose and Pet the Pita Poppers coming backstage to see Carla dead on the floor with a shoe in her head. Ah, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say it. Puni was excellent. She can act. She did very very well. Yeah, and I, I, it makes me wonder about her personality because I feel like at least in my experience, some of the best actors that I've worked with who are really good at listening and the way that they're saying mm-hmm. that she is are a bit more introverted and sometimes a bit more insecure. So it's interesting yeah, how she absolutely. might use that to her advantage. We move into the interrogation room. Puni is really playing up the dumb while Vanessa is getting the more dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. Vivaldi comes in as Gok Inspector, I like that, uh, with her slave. Subtitles words, not mine. <laughs> Again, I don't know if that's actually the word she was going for, but go for it. Um, character's name is Letter or Cletter, played by Ferry, who is just an accessory and irrelevant to the high-quality murder mystery. Mm-hmm. We love side, can- side eye candy. That's all he was there for. But Vivaldi is really adopting a deep voice for her character, which is a choice for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to say it. I've already told her, but um, Vivaldi looked like Seraphim. Oh my god. <laughs> now I can't unsee it. Yep, it's a thing that happened. She looked like Sarah Finn. I was like, oh, I can't. This doesn't make any more sense. But once Fairy is in the room, Vanessa's character gets sexual and she's really having fun and letting loose. Watching Poonie tweak out and spiral out of control that she may or may not have be innocent for the crime or sexually um, was a good acting choice. Like some of the best acting we've seen in the franchise. I may, maybe I'm just overhyping it, but I thought she was really, really good. I know, but and that also is why I get. Or were so, they all that bad? That I mean, what you're also speaking to that I'm trying to allude here is like the editing. Sometimes they're doing us a favor, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're also not doing the queens a favor in this regard because right. the pacing of it felt almost too fast, where you can't really capture that or catch those moments upon first viewing. Well, Cock Inspector tells us they don't have any more room in the budget for lousy actresses for the reenactments, so they have to do them. That was I like that. That was that was that's funny, campy because mm-hmm. those are sometimes the worst things to 
watch. First up is Vanessa as Pets, who screams when she sees Carla alive. All Pets wants to know is if she looks younger in the flashback. Funny line. That was cute. I like that. Pets is there so she can become the main suspect in the murder mystery. Wait, you want to be the killer? So why would Pets kill her? Well, because she didn't pick a P name. Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. But you, honestly, I could see someone like that doing killing someone just because it didn't fit with their fantasy. Balancing. Oh, absolutely. Especially a, a drag girl group. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Carla tells her that Pets was going to be replaced in the band because she has no musical talent. Her ladle has more musical talent. Again, mm. subtitles. I We're going with that. The script tells her to attack Carla, and it's a funny comedical moment because Pets' nails are still wet, so Carla has to blow dry them, and then there's the cat fight. Lots of moaning, and then we see that Carla would have died by accident. Again, this is what the timing that Tina was alluding to. That is a very funny moment because yeah. you all at war, but no, no, you got to make sure the nails are dry first. Very good. Hawk says that it's never so easy that it's the first suspect. She asks Pose where she, her shoe is. She doesn't know. Pet says it can't be her because she doesn't know how to express herself. Okay, funny. <laughs> we go to Pose's flashback where she is pissed. She's sleeping with Julio. The scene is likely a real conversation Poonie and Keta had in the past where one of them accuses of sleeping with their man. They deny it. There's a confrontation. They laugh and scene. I, I'm sure that happened once in their relationship. Just once? <laughs> okay. Pose picks up a shoe to kill Carla with one, with one hit, but that was too expensive. So Pose takes off her one shoe, but alas, that was not the case. Cuck says that this all could only mean one thing. In this wonderfully layered mystery, it was Pets. Case closed. Or is it? <laughs> Poe says, doesn't the detective get the brilliant idea later? First, you're on the wrong track later in the bar and realize who the villain is. Pose is wrong. She knows everything. And time for flashback number three, because comedy in threes is all that matters. The butler did not do it. We see Carla just fell, hit her head, to which Cock says that won't work. They need a corpse. So Cock is the real killer and framing it on the other poppers. And scene. What an interesting adventure we were just on. <laughs> yes. I, honestly, as, as we were talking about, really it's these meta moments where they're sort of commenting not only on the story, but also the, the kind of story that they're telling. Yeah. And to some degree, I would also say the kind of story that Drag Race puts out as far as acting challenges. Mm -hmm. It really, I think, amplified the, the acting challenge for me beyond just something else that we would either blame the writing on or blame the acting on. Yeah, I will say this and even Espana, they were some strong moments, but because that's not my native tongue, I don't think I got it as well as I could have. Yeah, yeah. Not no one's fault. Just maybe I need to learn Dutch and Spanish. <laughs> no, I don't have time maybe, for that shit. Maybe watch it for our 12th time. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's more all like right. We're gonna move to the runway. Category is Double Dutch, where the queens have to have a look that represents a Dutch export product as well as a Dutch icon. I like that. I think that was a very clever theme and really makes your creative juices flowing. That's yeah. what I liked about Espana because you had you got to learn about the Spanish culture while seeing drag. So mm -hmm. I'm here for this theme. So in honor of the runway, we are going to play in Dutch or out of Dutch. Get it? There's a pun. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I changed it from... <laughs> touch to dutch <laughs> i was struggling i was like i can't i don't know what to do i was like windmills fogs no there we go it's gonna put there we go i got it all right so vivaldi doing viva vanga fantasy no designers listed she is giving you vanga boys meets cd as the first cd player was made in the netherlands and the vega boys were exported from rotterdam to ruin our eardrums <laughs> uh, are, are you a fan of the vanga boys uh not really a fan of music that likes to hurt my eardrums tbh uh but i did love a little history fun fact i'm always yeah. down for that yeah so listeners if you don't know vanga boys by name it's uh boom 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 i want you in my room and we like to party that's that the vanga boys yep mm -hmm. oh jesus uh -uh. Uh -huh. i told you they ruined your eardrum and i'm sorry that you're going to be hearing that for the rest of the night well, also trauma because I back in, you know, some some history about this old hen. Uh, I was an RA in college and one of my residents played that at three o'clock in the morning. It was their way to no. like up and get ready for a workout because they were an athlete. No! Uh, so hello, trauma. 
No. Well, I enjoy the playfulness of this look and all the colors she's bringing to it. The jacket, the boots really come together. The cape of blank CDs really brought the nostalgia to the stage while allowing for colors to explode as the lights hit it. I don't know the Vanga Boys visually, so I don't know where the reference was. But from what I do remember, they do have bold costumes. Of course, the hair is wild because she loves the structured looks. Mm-hmm. It was good, but I don't think I was the correct audience for it. I agree, but it's interesting because I I don't know who it was for then. If she the didn't land it with, you know? the, well, of course, uh, but if, if it didn't land with the judges as much as uh, she probably thought it did, then it's interesting that it, it missed the mark because in my opinion, it's beautifully constructed. I yeah. think that she wears it incredibly well, uh, but yeah, it just seems like something outside of the actual category that you would just see everywhere else. Yeah. So. Tina says she thinks she's fun and exciting with much of an imagination. She could see who she is in the acting challenge. She was open and really enjoyed herself. Marike says hair and makeup are on fleek, but the la- least interesting outfit of the last couple weeks. Mm. Uh, Marike, please do not say on fleek ever again. I don't even say that. It's weird. <laughs> Fred says, starting with the Maxi Challenge, he could watch her sucking the pipe for hours, to which Vivaldi says that can be arranged, but the outfit wasn't clear enough. Yeah, it, absolutely. I, I also found his little kind of feedback that maybe she should have gone with a character that had a more feminine voice or a higher pitched voice rather yeah. than something that was a bit lower pitched. I'm like, I that actually would make that character less interesting, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and also slightly out of a I guess, tonal alignment with the challenge and how it was sort of leaning into the meta and into the camp, I think that would actually detract from that. Yeah. This look, I do think it was interesting. It was visually interesting and she can and she did wear it well, so I will give it in Dutch. I agree. But the thing that kind of sucks for her is it's always about the expectations game. If you come out week after week with these incredible looks, they're going to expect not only that, but then more, especially to get closer mm-hmm. to the ground. So yep. it, it was great, but yeah. I guess not what they were looking for. The audience thought it was visually appealing as well. They were 92% in Dutch, 8% out of Dutch. Work. Okay. My little pony, come back to bed, Fred. No design is listed. So she is marrying Delft, the blue and white print the Dutch are very, very well known for, as well as fashion icons, Victor and Rolf. I appreciate the concept, but if you're going to go for Victor and Rolf and the iconic comforter look, she needed to like either combine it with like the, the iconic... Um, dress that has the writing on it to make mm-hmm. a statement on top of the basic bed we have seen bed looks on the runway before but this was just sloppy i really wish the dress was closed so we didn't have to see that blue leo underneath it was so icky yeah, and her paint was beautiful and the blue head in bed bed head was really cute and ties into the print absolutely and i feel so bad because also i feel like she could have gotten away with it if the proportions were even more interesting, yeah. um, as their version of Michelle said, it would be fantastic if it were larger in certain places and smaller in certain places as a way to really play up that reference and also take it beyond just, I think, felt more like a draft of a look. Yeah. I felt like she could go there, but it just didn't quite get there yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do think if this was a look earlier in the season, she'd be safe. But this could have been the kiss of death for her if she did not excel at the acting challenge. That's so true. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm sure she's probably going to be one of those folks on Drag Race that watched themselves back and thought, oh, actually, this could have been bigger or this could have been, you know, stylized yeah. more. But you don't know until you see yourself on TV. Exactly. Tina says that she can tell she has acting experience and she is the only one who went flat out and listened to others. She thinks the outfit is a bit boring. Marike says the tights give her the creeps. Glenna says her acting skills were great. I like the concept. I like what she was trying to serve. Execution, not great. I will say it's more interesting than not interesting. So we will go in Dutch, but it's probably the weakest of the four. Yeah. I feel like it's like one foot in Dutch, one foot out of Dutch. Yeah. Split Dutch. (laughs) The audience, 56% in Dutch, 44% out of Dutch. Mm -hmm. Next up, Vanessa Van Cartier, Miffy with a spliffy. No designers listed. Uh, Miffy is an iconic cartoon bunny, and we all know the Dutch and their weed. It's like water to them. Um, <laughs> I think I was too old for Miffy when it finally got to America, but I did recognize the bunny. So I was like, okay, this I can get. Same. 
this was a bold look for Vanessa, and this is just the right time for her to pull it out. She's not going pageant. She's giving you camp and fun while still aiming to have the sparkle and shine of a pageant queen. I love the headpiece because it represents Miffy, but like also if you took a few hits from a spliff, it would look insane. <laughs> um, but on top of the weed, she's got 219 keychain clogs because nothing says Holland like wooden shoes. The only thing I don't love is the X on the mouth. I know that's Miffy, but it wasn't executed well. And the lack of a straight line was so distracting. I know. At the same time that she didn't have it, I don't think that that reference was exactly. as clearly. So I'm happy that she went with it, you know, even though it didn't quite land. The yeah. thing, though, is that Miss Vanessa, Mama knows what she's doing, and she mm-hmm. is an impeccable performer and an impeccable just queen, period. So I was both happy with it, but also kind of wanted something a bit more at the same time. Yeah. If she I, was I talking about yeah. that she wanted to show a different side of her to be you know, more funny and more campy, really go there with it because I still felt like it was contained and not in a way that was useful for her. Yeah. Marike is pleasantly surprised by her outfit. She says she can see her style even on the catwalk as Miffy. Fred yeah. says acting is not her thing, but on the runway, that is what he wanted to see. It was surprising and fun. I mean, I, I really don't know how Vanessa can give you a bad look. She's so good at it. It's right? In, in, in Dutch for me. I absolutely. Firmly in Dutch. The audience, 89% in Dutch, 11% out of Dutch. And finally, we have Ketamanaj Rembrandt Muse. Look by Robin Bush, hair by Sebastian Vanderham. It's such a shame because she had so much to work with here using Rembrandt as one of her icons, but she should have dumbed it down just a tad more and went full Rembrandt and played with dark and light. Marrying steel with Rembrandt was a choice that resulted in a really beautiful look, but it felt very costumey. The hair is wild and the red was a nice contrast, but again, if you're trying to showcase Rembrandt, I think a darker hair color would have been bolder and sold the story well. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. love this look, but she set herself up for the critiques. I know. The other thing that I kept thinking about was, uh, so she, the lower half reminded me of the music stands that have the wires to hold in the sheet. Yep. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh boy. I could not stop thinking about that, but I completely agree. I felt like the concept was in the right place, but the execution uh, could have used some work, especially because it's very similar to uh, her good sis and ex. It felt smaller than what the actual one ray called for. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it was it was rough because like I get why you want to do Rembrandt. So give us a Rembrandt look and do something with steel, make it out of steel. But it was it just wasn't quite there. Yeah, Tina says that she has a lot of acting experience. It's Fran Drescher like with a lot of Rotterdam attitude, which I don't understand that con uh, that critique. But sure, she <laughs> thought it was tough, and the look is tough, and would like to see the soft side of her. Glenna says her acting skills were very fun with the Rotterdam accent. Again, I can't hear that. So I love to know what a Rotterdam accent is. Mm-hmm. Again, it was pretty. It was beautiful. Was it, could it have been better? Yes. I'll still give it in Dutch. Yeah, same. The audience, 84% in Dutch, 16% out of Dutch. Before things get too lovey, Fred wants to know who should go home. All right, folks, let's do this. Vivaldi is up first. She is proud of all of them, but she would eliminate My Little Pony because she was hoping for more from her this season. My Little Pony says, looking at the last Maxi Challenge, Vanessa, what are you doing? All <laughs> you had to say was Vivaldi because she cheated. That's it. And yeah. you got the ball rolling. Yeah. Vanessa says, though they have made up, she still thinks Vivaldi has to go. And finally, Ketta says, you have to deliver looks. You have to be able to act and dance and things. She, v- Vanessa, and Puni can do it better than Vivaldi. The fact that they- What did Puni do here? Have you never watched the show before? I know, I know, I know. What, what sucks also, and I found it hilarious, might not have been out of uh, Ketta's control, but the fact that she said that the girl, you know, isn't as well-rounded that- uh, she lacks in the dance and performance department and then to lose. <laughs> yeah, not, not the best look. <sighs> that sucked. In confessional, Vivaldi apparently is butthurt by all this and says she can do hair and makeup and make clothes. They can't. Mm-hmm. And this is the battle of drag in the mainstream because we focus so much on performance and look. And if one needs to be stronger than the other, personally, 
I prefer a performance uh, that performance needs to outweigh look, but that doesn't mean you should look like a schlub. But you need to be a good performer. Otherwise, you're just a mediocre queen who looks pretty. Uh, yeah, and you're also on a reality TV show. You're also on a TV show uh, where performance does actually matter. Uh, I would not, yeah, sure. I'd say a, a bit more than look because it's also about how the look translates and what the exactly. look does. All of which I think indicate performance. You can't just sort of show up as a static image, literally or figuratively, and expect to win the crown. Yeah. Exactly. Queens of the world, stop wearing the Naomi Smalls uh, leather look. She did it. No one else needs to wear it anymore. <laughs> Retire it. All right, we're going to Untuck Junior. The girls get their cocktails, and Poonie thinks she's up for the lip sync because, once again, her look is boring. She says she's stuck in the treadmill of her own insecurity and negativity, and she gets stuck and emotional. Keta reminds her that her challenge was very good. Pony says when they tell her not to lean on her experience, she doesn't know what to do. She wants to get positive comments in the final stretch, and it sucks that someone has to go home but doesn't want it to be her. Vanessa tries to be kumbaya, says they're all fighters, and they're all going to fight for it. No tears. They can cry later because she named her to leave. <laughs> You're yes. not bitter. Not at all. Not at all. Pony says she only named Vanessa because of the maxi challenge from last week because there was a lot more than interpreting lines. It's not based on looks or personality like Vivaldi said about her. Okay, they're getting a little, little feisty back there. Vivaldi says that's not what she said, but Pony hits back and says she had 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 she expected more personality drama. Vivaldi says she meant more like here I am, and Pony's like, here I am. <laughs> She doesn't need to do that in the group, but fine. She's not fake. Vivaldi wants to take this moment as this is the last moment for the four of them, and it means a lot, so they drink to it. This was one of those untucked where the, the, the tension was there, and they're like, we know we have to make television, but we don't want to speak to each other right now because mm -hmm. we're all in our own little worlds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you notice that none of that discussion had anything to do with Kenna Minaj? Which, once again, it is wild. So, so, so wild. And I really think that they thought she was guaranteed a spot in the top three. Mm -hmm. I think she deserved it. But, you know, at the same time, they kept telegraphing that what matters is how you did in the freaking challenge. Yep. And I don't think that Keta did as well. Well, the Queens return. And Fred tells them that this is impossible. But he's reached the following conclusion. My little pony is the winner of the week. She was shocked, literally shaking. I don't know if you notice her hands, but like yes. she could not control herself. Yes. Um, yes. Fred did say the Max Challenge was important. She acted like her life depended on it. So she will win handmade jewelry set by Astrolab as well as that all-important badge. Mm -hmm. Fred deems Vanessa safe. That leaves Vivaldi and Keta as the bottom two. Do you agree? <laughs> well, it's hard because I feel like that when kind of had something for everyone. So on one hand, it like tracked with what the audience was hearing and being told about why this uh, challenge mattered and that you couldn't just slay on the runway. So there was that. Uh, it was the fact that her listening and was key to her winning also tracked with what they were being told. It gagged the winner, um, which always elicited this kind of very vulnerable reaction. And then it caught the front runner off guard. Yep. So all that really sets up a very dramatic moment that ultimately is rewarding, even if, you know, someone had to get thrown for Luke. Now, on paper, I think you could have put Vanessa there. You could have put Keta there. They were very equal. But yeah, my personal opinion, Vivaldi needs to be there no matter what, because if you brought, if she didn't have to fight her way to the finale, that would have been complete and utter bullshit. Yep. The song is one of the greatest songs in the history of music. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. It is about time Queen gets shown on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows I'm a diehard Queen stan. I love Queen so much. I have seen Queen and Adam Lambert together twice. Um, literally flew to Vegas to see Queen. Um, didn't really see it because I was crying the entire performance, but mm -hmm. I love Queen. And I was like, this is an excellent song because there's so much to do with it. There's so much to fucking do with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Silky said, I'm ready to lip sync. I know the words to the song. Let me do it. Tap me in. I can perform it. Put me in because I could do it better than these fucking bitches did. So here's where I stand. With the Vivaldi controversy, she automatically should have been in the bottom and needed to be exceptional. 
in order to win the lip sync, she needed to be better than Keta. It just needed to be there. Last week, Tabitha did not do enough to deserve to stay. This should have been an easy automatic win for Keta. And for me, it was. I do think Keta did better. She didn't have that much mobility in, the, in her look, so she had the opportunity to camp it up. And this is one that you could have easily done because the lyrics lean into it so, so much. There is a British game show. Um, I can't remember the name offhand, but uh, they, they have an um, improv performer who, has to, who listens to the song and has to perform it to three panelists who are, have like sound-canceling um, headphones on. So he has to do, perform the song to them, and they have to guess what the song is. Oh, wow. This is one of the songs that they did. It's hilarious. It's very funny. That's all you needed to do to win. Because the lyrics give you a story to tell. And it's just so beautiful. I really think Vivaldi needed to prove her worth. And I don't think she did. I think this was a basic baby queen performance. Like I could have seen this at um, Drag Wars on a Monday night at Pieces. (laughs) (laughs) What is so interesting is that I... I definitely agree with you in that one. It is a fantastic ta- uh, fantastic song. It has great highs, fantastic low moments, a great buildup. I just think that, as you were saying, the look that Keta had made her, well, it probably trapped her a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that really exacerbated how shook she was. And I think the result yeah. was a more subdued performance. And she ended up moving like how she looked, a Sanderson mm-hmm. sister. Now, it, for those who really want to get into it, yes, Keta did fuck up the words a few times. The editors mm-hmm. needed to show it they, because they needed a reason to eliminate her. Mm-hmm. What we also learned is death drops are more important than air guitars. Because <laughs> that's when Marika like screamed. It's like, really? You didn't see that coming? Come on, girl. But coming but, from Vivaldi, I thought was probably what they were reacting to because they probably pegged her in one sort of style of performance, not none of which included a dip or a death drop or a shablam, insert synonym here. Yeah. So good on her for pulling that out. But I do think that if Keta wasn't something else and wasn't built up to believe that she was going to be in the top three only to have that ripped from under her at the same time, I really thought that was going to, as they say, light a fire under mm-hmm. Keta's ass to really turn that lip sync out. If saving Vivaldi was really what was necessary, isn't it a shame that we wasted a final four on last season when we should have lost Abby? Ooh. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely serious. Like, it's completely bullshit that that girl had one of the worst track records in Drag Race history to make it to a final. Keta Minaj had three wins mm-hmm. and still got taken out. Good television. Is this the, is this the, the 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 Chad Michaels of it all, where she's gonna come back for All Stars one of Netherlands and win? I don't know, but <laughs> it just didn't feel right. And you know what? Put her on if they do a, an international season, maybe a second time around. Put her on; she'll probably do very well because the fans are furious. Um, I just did. I I am upset, and I really don't know if. There is favoritism being played because there, there, there are connections with this cast, and it kind of feels that's the way things are crumbling right now. It's funny because I would agree with you. The other thing that came to mind was how Drag Race and other reality TV shows sometimes get trapped by the very tropes they build. Mm-hmm. And it very much seemed like you have your hero, which to me kind of feels like Vanessa in some ways. You have your villain, which can kind of feel like, uh, Puni in some ways and then you have the underdog which in some ways I think kind of fits that so it it begs the question where does that leave Keta particularly if they want to really put all their energy into a finale that hopefully will surprise us so they needed something that was quick and easy which was unfortunately I I will flip um, Puni and Vivaldi I see Vivaldi as the villain interesting Mm -hmm. so I agree. I just don't think they have enough evidence or good enough reason to make her the villain. Like the phone. She cheated. She cheated. Because now, now here, here's the thing. She has said the accusations and rumors that were put on the internet are not true, but Mm -hmm. the rumors that were put out there, listeners, if you don't want to hear, jump ahead a second. 
the rumors that were put out there was that she was contacting her designers and asking for new things to elevate her looks compared to what she saw in the workroom. And she told them the location of her hotel, they would give it to her and she would bring it into the workroom the next day. That feels a little bit too much like leftover will and baggage to me. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, it, and, but well, that's the thing, it's happened that. before. So who knows, it could have happened again. If she okay. said it didn't happen, then I'm going to have to believe, I will take her word for it. And as she also said, wouldn't they see me bringing things in? Yeah, that's that. That's probably an obvious thing as well. But I'm I'm I think what I'm most upset is we we've had how many seasons of Drag Race this year alone, and how many of those have given us a top four anyway? Like yeah. they did it in UK too. Um, everyone thought Ellie Diamond was gone, but she made it to the finale. Why couldn't we have four here? Because it wasn't like Keta wasn't worthy of it. That's what destroys me unless this was a thing they all agreed upon and said Keta, you're going to get your chance later on take it for the moment we'll see i mean i feel like uh based on the previews that we saw from next week's episode they might have needed three performers like it yeah. was um would be too stressful or too much to have four yeah performers. absolutely but at the same time y- y'all created that you very much exactly they very much did something different well, unfortunately, Vivaldi says Keta is the victim of an ultimate robbery. Keta is poised and professional and doesn't show the true emotions she's got going on. Three pins was not enough to send her to the finale. In the end, she is very proud. And you know what? I, I do think age is a factor here. I don't think a 22-year-old would be able to say what she just did. A 40-year-old can. And I think that's what is so engaging about Keta Minaj is she's very talented and she's a real authentic person who knows the world. She's lived. I love that. And at the same time, that kind of pisses me off because, I mean, you and I both know there are so many talented queens of that age, both in terms of how long they've been doing drag or their biological age. And the more that we they get on this show, whatever franchise it is, and then they just get used for plot points. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> kind of in, in that, in that uh, realm as well, the more it's like, what is it worth? for some of these uh, other performers, older performers who may have other opportunities. Yeah. Well, we got some burning questions to wrap this one up. First, what is Keta's legacy? Mm. I think that Keta's legacy is, as we've already said, she is a performance machine, Mm -hmm. which I think is something that is great to have, particularly on a franchise that may not necessarily be known for their lip syncs because some of their lip syncs have been questionable. Uh, and also I think that she is doing wonders for what Holland or what Dutch drag can and should look like, because I know before Drag Race Holland, when someone were to say, if someone were to say to me, you know, how would you describe a Dutch queen? My first word would have been white. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy that she's contributing to a legacy of shifting what mainstream folks might've think Dutch drag should be both in terms of performance style as well as look like. Yeah. In the preview, there is a sash. Who do you think will be crowned Miss Congeniality? I think it's either Tabitha or if it is Vanessa, then Vanessa's not winning. So I I don't know who is it. But for Listeners, if you don't want to know, don't go back and watch, but you clearly see who's wearing it. Um, Oh, it's going to cause some controversy. Um, did you notice? That. Did you notice how Miss Envy Peru is on the panel for the finale? Can we bring back our winners more often for the final? Absolutely! Like they ha- they really do have such a perfect skill set for this. They not yeah. only have shit they came into the competition with. Now they've gone through the bullshit, so yeah. they really could lend a valuable perspective to the panel aside from random guest judges <laughs> and she was excellent on drag race espana so she, yes. she knows what she's talking about maybe yes. maybe she is being groomed for a gig i don't know but well, do you think she will be there to crown her mom oh see and this is the problem that's why drag families are difficult when it comes to drag race because people are going to say shit if vanessa were to win we are going to see i i i, I just think that the edit that they've given Vanessa has been something that is very well-rounded. Yeah. So they are really trying to dot their I's and cross their T's if she does get crowned. 
And if there are any questions of nepotism that might, you know, have colored so mm-hmm. chance. So I don't know. I mean, I also at the same well, time know that we have three other franchises to watch and that there's probably going to be a Drag Race Holland season four, two seconds from now. So how long will that controversy uh, stay with the fan base, both here and abroad? Precisely. Well, I mean, I ask it every time after seven episodes, the winner is. <laughs> the winner is. Mm, the winner is fairy. <laughs> Yeah, he won. He can. He can win every night. Yeah. Uh, no, I. I. I think you. You said it exactly. It's going to be Vanessa. Um. I. For me personally, Keta was the only one who had any competition next to her. Yeah. Um. I don't think Vivaldi deserves it, and I think it would be very, very, um, difficult to give her the crown. Um. She got this far. Let her have the moment, but she can't be the representation of uh the franchise. And I just don't. I love Puni. I love what she's brought. I don't think she's as strong as Vanessa. So yeah. I really don't think there's any other way to crown anyone. Um, was Did Vanessa think she was going to be the first trans winner? Probably, but she missed <laughs> it by what, three, four weeks? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Drag Race Thailand, season one or two. But as far as, yeah, yeah, just naming that there have been other trans winners, but it's so, but it, she does win. It'd be great to have her as part of the family. Yep, I agree. And you know what? She is a very, very talented performer. So a crown next to Miss Continental, that's probably a good, cool thing for her. It'd, it'd be lovely to have, you know, just on her mantle to crown. Yeah. <laughs> well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, any of the other cash apps or any projects you want to plug? Uh, projects, you know, are still TBD. I feel like unlike most people, I'm actually energized by the fall and winter time. So I'm excited to use that energy to put out some stuff while other folks may be sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as where you can find me, uh, you can find me pretty much on all socials at, uh, Nehemiah, N-E-H-E-M-I, the numeral eight and then H. Amazing. Well, it is always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, dear. The biggest thanks to me and my for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.